When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, by now, guys, you know I love talking about old wrestling. What you might not know is it's not my real passion. My real passion is helping people save money. My real passion is getting families out of apartments and into houses. My real passion is getting people's finances aligned so they can retire on time. I hated going to Walmart and seeing the greeter being 80 years old. She should not be working. She should be home. Why is she still working? Because she still has a mortgage. I want to help avoid that for you. The other thing I want to help you with, let's make sure your kids don't get saddled with student loans. If you've got a student loan, why did you get one? Maybe because your parents still had a mortgage. I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm being sincere. There's only so much money to go around. What I want to help you do is figure out where you are right now and where you want to be long-term. And I do it at SaveWithConrad.com. I've been doing mortgages for more than 20 years. And during all that time, we've helped tens of thousands of families change their life. I mean, routinely, we're helping our podcast listeners save five, six, seven, eight hundred bucks a month, but more importantly, get them out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. But if you don't think it can happen for you, let me just tell you this. We are not the bank. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. We're going to get you a game plan on how to improve your credit, how to save a little bit of cash and how to get into that dream house. Maybe you're already in the house, but it would be nice if someday we could put a pool in the back or one day we want to upgrade to hardwood floors or remodel the kitchen or get a badass master bathroom. I can help you do all of that with no money out of pocket right now at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. Check it out. SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084. Equal housing lender. And hey, y'all, don't take my word for it. Check us out. We've got an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. And as if that's not enough, go look at our reviews. Read them and weep, haters. ConradReviews.com. You'll see more than a thousand five-star reviews. Our average review is 4.72 stars. Find out how much money you can save. Take control of your life in 2023 by taking control of your finances. We're going to show you how to keep more of your own money. If you've got credit card debt, what are you paying on that? 14%, 28%, you know you can do better. With the mortgage though, you may not know this, the interest you pay is tax deductible. And we can even show you how to skip your next two house payments. So if you could get a lower monthly payment, pay your debt off faster, get a greater tax deduction at the end of the year. And right now, right after the holidays, skip your next two payments. Buddy, this is the biggest no brainer in the history of the world. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. Or hey man, shoot me an email directly. Conrad at savewithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Grilling JR with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. Jim, how are you, man? I'm good, buddy. I'm, I'm good. How are you, fellas? Man, I'm excited to be with you today. Of course, it is Royal Rumble season. Everybody's getting fired up for this Saturday, a very rare Saturday Royal Rumble. And you might ask yourself, self, why is the Royal Rumble on Saturday? Well, the championship playoffs are on Sunday. 
And of yes, course, we had a, another great weekend of uh, NFL action this Sunday, Jim. We got two big games for all the marbles, as they like to say, in the NFC and the AFC. On the NFC side of things, it's going to be the Eagles. And uh, that's who I'm picking. I'm picking the Eagles over the 49ers. What about you, man? You going 49ers or the home team, the Eagles? I like to uh, see what the weather is going to be like because I think that's going to could be a difference maker. But I'm, you know, we were talking before we started recording, and you know, my buddy Trent Williams, number seventy-one for the Forty Niners, is a the left tackle. He's considered the best left tackle in the game. Uh, and then you got on the other side of the coin, the right side, uh, as far as positioning is concerned, Lane Johnson, another one of my buddies from Oklahoma, been to my house a few t- few times. Just a good guy. He's a monster. God almighty. He's a monster. And so two of my Oklahoma boys are in that game. And then Cincinnati's game, they got two running backs from Oklahoma. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Samal JP Ryan and of course, uh, Joe Mixon. So that's uh, interesting for Cincinnati. And then, uh, and then Kansas city has got, uh, the starting center Creed Humphrey and the starting left tackle. Antonio Brown, uh, is it Antonio? I get that mixed up all the time, but anyway, uh, the left tackle number 57 is an Oklahoma boy. Good kid, big kid, great fan. And then Creed is, a uh, Creed came to one of our, uh, he, he came to our last, uh, AEW shows in Kansas city, but he brought the whole offensive line with him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They brought me some swag and signed it and all that good stuff. Stuff I didn't request, but I was. Proud to get it. Absolutely. So it's, uh, I got a little, I got a little, uh, Oklahoma sooner attachment to these games, which makes it, I was telling you earlier, it makes it really well good because I don't have to live or die on this game. There you go. I can just watch it, enjoy it, see how the strategy comes out. But the one thing about I've seen in this playoff games, the, the, the level is raised. The intensity is upped, no doubt, because they're looking at playing, you know, this I officiated for over 20 years and not on that level, but, uh, the semifinals of any big tournament seems to bring with it more, more, uh, stress because you got one shot here. Now you, you got one shot to be great and be and, and to get closer to being a historic team. And then you got, uh, you know, and then you, if you don't make it, you're, that's how close you got. So I don't know. I, I'm a, it's going to be a great football weekend back on Sundays. Yep. That's a good, that's a good thing. So if anybody's wondering about why Saturday for a Royal rumble, that's the reason you got the, you got the audience and, and raw should do, you know, I don't know what the raw ratings were. I don't keep up with that as much as I probably should, but, uh, the, the, uh, they got a whole, they got a clear house tonight. Cause they don't have any football against them. Yeah. Or tonight, as we're recording. Right, right, right. You might gather that, folks. You're a detective school. That means <laughs> on Monday morning. Monday morning. So it's good. So listen, so anyway, uh, I'm going Eagles and uh, and Bengals. That's my prediction for the Super Bowl. Uh, well, that's who I want to be there. Uh, who do you yeah. want to be there? If you had to pick. Well, if I had to pick, I'd probably pick Cincinnati and uh, uh, Philadelphia. Okay. I'm a Jalen Hurts guy Me too. because his, his one year at OU and his, I know he had that great career at Alabama. That tells if he was a star at Alabama and he was a star at Oklahoma, that tells me all I really need to know about yep. Jalen Hurts. Yep. Uh, 
you know, I, I went to several OU practices when he was there. I always hung around the guys and I loved doing it. And it was just great. Give you something where to go. And my buddies were there and all that good stuff. Coaches. Uh, he's, a he looks like Jim Brown or somebody he's, he's, he's jacked and he's thick. Uh, he's a stud man. So I hopefully he'll do well and, and Olane will get a ring and that'll be great. Uh, so we'll see, but yeah, I, I, I like the Eagles. Uh, I like their toughness and I like their, their offensive line is good, but now you're down to where all these offensive lines are pretty damn good. And yes. then we get, we, we enjoying the conversation once again, how important it is to win the line of scrimmage. And here's why, you know, you, you control the clock, you control your play calling, you control your, your formations, everything. So that offensive line is a uh, huge, the line of scrimmage is huge, shall we say. So anyway, I'm, I'm with you, Conrad, I'm going to pick, and I'm the, I don't have any, I hate to see any of them lose. Cause I got friends on both teams, uh, both games. So we'll see how it works out. It'll be good. I'll be watching. That's for damn sure. I'll be watching it. And, and, uh, it's hard to believe that the uh, Royal rumble is here. Yeah. That's all. That was always, a, that was always a fun event to call. The, the matches leading into it could be anticlimactic and how could they not be, uh, in a match, not named the Royal rumble. So, uh, we'll see how that, how that pans out, but I'm, I'm hopeful, hopeful they'll have success and guys will get in, have good matches and good outings and not get hurt and things of that nature. And of course, then, uh, AEW this week, we're, em, we're emanating from Lexington, Kentucky. I think we're in the Rupp arena. Okay. I think we're in the Rupp arena. I know that, uh, I read an interesting article the other day on Adolph Rupp, pretty much a known racist. Uh, well, maybe the yeah. hint was if your name is Adolph, you can just, yeah, uh, might be. Yeah. that's a good lead. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, it should be the nice thing about, it, I'm not flying into another time zone. <laughs> that's something that's underrated. You know, I mean, you and I even have. You're on the Eastern time zone right now, but when you're, right. when you're home in Oklahoma, you're with me in the central time zone and right. boy, we've had our who's on first routine with that. I can't imagine the folks who have to live it and breathe it every week. And Hey, something else we should mention and don't get me wrong. We're excited to be here today with a great topic. We're going to be talking about the bunkhouse stampede and right. a lot of folks don't realize this, but. The bunkhouse stampede is the reason people are excited to see the Royal rumble this weekend. It didn't exist. It was created to compete with the bunkhouse stampede. So we're going to talk about all that, but before we do, we should talk about the real tragedy that befell wrestling last week. That still got a lot of people on their heels. The incredible, I think one of the pillars of ring of honor championship wrestling. And of course they're maybe most prolific tag team wrestler of all time, along with his brother, Mark, Mr. Jay Briscoe, no longer with us. Such a tragedy. You know, you hear about a lot of quote unquote wrestler deaths, but nobody ever plans for, or expects one like this. Uh, I, I only had the chance to meet Mr. Briscoe a handful of times. I don't think you guys work together a ton. Did you get a chance to meet Mr. Briscoe and, and, and what did you oh, think yeah. of his work? Uh, I always enjoyed, he was a, a very enjoyable conversationalist had a great personality, uh, very respectful. And, uh, he was certainly going to be missed by all, and, you know, I feel so sorry and so sad for his family. His little girls are, 
were hurt in that wreck. They were in the car with their dad and they're lucky they're alive. I guess the story I read was that the, the driver that hit them veered across the center line and they hit head on no warning. And that's just a damn shame. All, it's all a shame. Don't get me wrong, but he was a real nice guy. He was a, he was a, you know, he's a pros pro they, they made their bookings. They worked their ass off and they've perfected their art of tag team wrestling, uh, immensely. So yeah, he's going to be missed. I'm glad that, uh, I know that the wrestling world, including AEW is reaching out and doing what they can to help. And, uh, it's just, it's just a shame seeing the pictures on Facebook and so forth of the little girls in the hospital in a hospital room Tough. together is very moving. Yes. Very, very moving. You know, I, I got two daughters. So I can't imagine. I just cannot imagine. I can't even put myself into a place where I can imagine how that would be. It's just, uh, it's terrible. So our thoughts and prayers go out to the family. Hope the little girls heal. I'm glad the wrestling world is reaching out and helping. So, uh, I don't know if they're go, I don't know if their GoFundMe will be as significant as, uh, that player for the, for the, what was it for the bills right? on his fundraiser. Once everybody got the word got out, his, his toy charity, uh, which is nothing short of amazing how much money people threw into the pile. But I, I know that the, the wrestling community will help him. And if you get a chance, folks, if you can afford it, feel so moved to do something, then, uh, give it a shot. I mean, it's five bucks, it's five bucks. And so, you know, give it, give that some consideration, do something nice. You know, I, I find myself having better days when, when I started off by doing something nice. There you go. And it's just a better deal better psychologically and all that good stuff. So we'll throw the link anyway, up on the screen here so you can go ahead and donate. Uh, but it's give sendgo.com, give sendgo.com. And you want to look up love and support for the pew family, P U G H family. That's, uh, Mr. Briscoe's real family name is um, given name. Yeah. So the thing is about this, that was so cool. Jim is they originally started this fundraising effort with a goal of raising $50,000. Uh, and then they moved the goal to $200,000. And as you and I are recording now, they're over $286,000, uh, just wow. an outpouring of support. And, uh, I know some things that have happened behind the scenes that we probably shouldn't share or overshare, but let me just say this. There's a lot of really great people taking care of a really great family here. And, uh, I'm just, uh, so proud that occasionally we stop some of our silly infighting and tribalism and everybody sort of comes together for a great cause. I don't know if you heard it, but, uh, on Friday night SmackDown, Michael Cole even gave a shout out to Jay Briscoe and his family, which I just thought was something I would have never imagined. I mean, this is a guy who never worked for the promotion and for, mm -hmm. for Cole to go out of his way to do that. And more importantly, WWE allow him the, the opportunity to do that. I thought was just right. a really classy gesture. I, I didn't hear it cause I didn't watch it. Uh, uh, I was, what was I watching? I was watching something else, obviously, but, uh, I was home and I, I missed that, but, uh, Hey, Cole's doing it also about Michael. Michael's doing a real good job. Uh, you know, I don't know how with Vince back, how that's going to change his approach or change, or if there's any governors on him or any limitations. Uh, but uh, he's done some of his best work, uh, after Vince left. I don't know if that's tied together. I have no idea. Maybe he's more relaxed. Maybe he didn't have somebody in his ear blasting away. I don't know, but, uh, he's done some really good work should be pointed out because he has, he's had a, he's had a unique run there to say the least. And, uh, 
I'm just, I'm, I'm glad he's glad he's my friend and I'm glad he's doing well. Let's get into today's topic today, Jim. It's a uh, bunkhouse stampede. Okay. I can't believe this is real. This show happened 35 years ago this week. Uh, and, and it feels as if things are not so good here in Jim Crockett land. We're going to get into it, but as a reminder, we're fresh off of Starcade 87. Uh, that's our most recent quote unquote, big show. And Vince McMahon low key sabotaged the doggone thing. Uh, they decided they wanted to create the survivor series to compete with Starcade 1987. And as a result, he made ultimatums. He went to all the different pay-per-view outlets and cable systems around the country and said, Hey, do you want WrestleMania? Yes. Well, if you want WrestleMania, you better not carry this. And when some didn't play that game, they thought, okay, uh, we're going to have to stagger this. So they did a dual pay-per-view opportunity. It really split the audience. The cable system says never again. We're not playing ball by Vince McMahon's rules. We won't do that again. So Vince turns around and does the ultimate play here and sabotages bunkhouse stampede with a free show. Since he can't go head to head on pay-per-view anymore, he'll just put up a free show. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. This is the show that created the Royal rumble. And it's crazy to think that Starcade going to pay-per-view is what led to the creation of Survivor Series, which we're still enjoying today. And now Bunkhouse Stampede, you know, was was the impetus for the creation of the Royal Rumble. I, I don't think enough people talk about that, Jim. That's a crazy it's, story. It's, yeah, it's interesting how things work out. One thing leads to another. Yes. It's just simply outmaneuvered Crockett on that on that piece of business. Yes. And uh it took the attention away from uh from the bunkhouse stampede. I remember I that was a cold night too, as I recall, I can't, what, what town were we in? Uh, you, you were in New York. Yeah. New York. So it was chilly, chilly night that time of the year. Uh, I, I thought, I thought we had a good card, but we had no momentum, right? None. Maybe less than none, whatever that could be. And it just. There was just nothing. There's no momentum rolling into it. You got to have some momentum rolling into it, or it's just not going to work. And it didn't work. It wasn't a bad. It wasn't a bad card. Uh, you know, it was predictable that Dusty was going to win the first one. You know that, that giant boot. Yeah. Was a prize. I wonder where that is today. I don't know. I've been chasing it for a few years. I can't find it. Don't know anybody who knows where it is either. It's crazy. Wow. Cody don't know or no. Wow. Cody doesn't know. Teal doesn't know. Dustin doesn't know. I, I haven't met a collector who knows. Nobody's seen hiding or hair of it, but Hey, if you know where it is, hit me up. My DMS are open. I'd love to have that in my collection here. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, that's fit. That's fitting your room down there. just perfectly. Yeah. What? Yeah. So it's, uh, but anyway, it was, it was an interesting time. A lot of strategy, a lot of strategic planning. Uh, but you know, we, those of us that knew a little bit about the business, right? Knew that we were going to be challenged to do anything decent because again, that old momentum word, we talked about the NFL playoffs and the, and the down to four teams. It's all about momentum. going to go into these games with the most momentum. Uh, and you know, we'll find out when they play and momentum's the key thing, man. It's just, it's really a, it's a significant measuring stick. You got to have it in place. Or things just don't work out, and it, they didn't work out on the on the bunkhouse stampede. I enjoyed working it. I, I, it was a good, it was fun. You know, I, I 
you know, you, you kind of get challenged, you know, can we deliver a real good product? And you know, you know, the answer is, well, we don't have any momentum and nobody's really over, over, or you, you know, we've got to see this. We didn't have that situation. So it was a tough hand to play going into the game. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, just the, the state of mind that everybody's in here. Um, just to sort of reset the conversation, WrestleMania three really changed wrestling in a lot of ways in 1987, where all of a sudden there's more mainstream attention than ever. Uh, the WWF is going to go from running just one house show loop to three house show loops. So now we have a B and C towns. Uh, the licensing opportunities are off the charts. You're starting to hear whispers of guys getting huge six figure checks for their dolls because action yep. figures are now a big deal. And those are, those are revenue streams that just don't really exist on any sort of playing field outside of the WWF. No territory has that Jim Crockett promotions doesn't have that. Yes. They have a little bit of merch, but to compare the two, it's, it's just apples and pomegranates as Bruce would like to say. So when, when the, the pay-per-view extravaganza WrestleMania three happens, Crockett's on his heels to compete. So that's the reason he goes and acquires the Watts territory. And there's some big acts like the road warriors who now have a wandering eye. Hey, can I make more money up there? I heard the iron sheet got blank for his doll sort of talk. So Crockett goes out and makes big guaranteed contract opportunities happen. And I know the yep. narrative is out there that guaranteed contracts didn't exist until 1996. And that's not technically true. Guys like the road warriors and the midnight express and Lex Luger, they had it way back here because we wanted to make sure these folks weren't jumping and going to the WWF. But the result was we didn't have the cash to do that on a weekly basis. So instead we promised big balloon payments with the idea being as he, as I understand, Mr. Crockett explained it to talent. We don't have a WrestleMania, but we can have four or five pay-per-views a year. Whereas they just have WrestleMania and you'll make more by staying with us. Well, the first iteration of that was Starcade 1987, which we've started laid the groundwork on Vince creates survivor series sabotages it. So it's not the financial success we would have hoped for. This is the second act of that, the bunkhouse stampede. But at this point, Crockett has to be feeling the financial pressure you're, you're sort of the new kid coming over with Bill Watts. Was it written all over Crockett and dusty and David, just the pressure that they were under here, or could I you not so. really tell that? Okay. I think so. I think everybody was, I mean, everybody knew the consequences. Everybody knew the lay of the land, those balloon payments for the kiss of death, uh, because it just gives you another chance to fail. If you're late, the talents are going to overreact. They're going to get paranoid and, and uneasy. And there's a lot of paranoia and uneasiness uh, in our locker room at that point in time. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. How big was the pushback on Crockett and Dusty wanting to move to Texas? Of course, this had always been Jim Crockett promotions based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, but 
Right now we're hearing, well, no, these guys, they're going to go to Texas. And of course, since they just acquired Watts, I could see how some people would be receptive to that. You were there. Uh, how do you think that was received by everybody in the locker locker room? Uh, not well, because you're, you're on uncharted territory or it's a new deal. You know, change is an interesting thing. Change, uh, is not always negative. Uh, but it's perceived as such more often than not. So, uh, you know, I was one of those guys that moved to, to, to Dallas. I, I went down there and I guess my better judgment, I bought a house in Plano, a nice little pool, little three bedroom house by myself coming off another divorce. My record's great. <laughs> so, uh, we all got to buckle up and, and for me, it worked out just fine. Cause I. I had to relocate anyway. I mean, I was, I was out of a place to live, uh, under normal circumstances. I could, I could afford to buy me another house or rent, but I, I thought it was probably time to leave uh, Oklahoma. Right. And, uh, and Jimmy's idea was, you know, it's, it just, he, he felt like in a nutshell, Conrad, that, uh, living in Dallas gave his brand more credibility for whatever reason than living in Charlotte. Uh, so that was, we all went through it and, you know, he was on my ass daily seemingly to buy a house, to buy a house. And, and, and I bought a house and I, and when we, then when things changed again, just a few months later, uh, then we had to, had to sell and move to Atlanta. And when I sold my house in Dallas or Plano, more specifically, uh, I lost my ass and I didn't have, and I didn't have the, the, the funds to, to, to suffer too many losses. I kind of had to start over. I think I lost 20 or $30,000 in this house. I didn't buy a huge house, wow. but the market died. And, uh, when the market passed, away, we, we had to, we had to bury it and move on. It wasn't fun. Hey guys, I'm pumped to brag about a brand new sponsor here on the program and is a personal friend of mine for many, many years. I'm talking to you about camper max specializing in max discounted pricing on travel trailers and fifth wheel RVs that can be delivered anywhere in the lower 48. That's right. From your office, your cell phone, or your couch, click or call and find out how easy it is to start enjoying that RVing lifestyle. Now, how easy is it? Well, the camper max discount will fit any budget offering easy financing with extended terms. It's just too easy. Thanks to my pal, Rod Wagner. I've been personal friends with Rod for a long, long time, and he is now opening up to the entire lower 48. So if you're here in the United States and you're thinking about buying a travel trailer, you're thinking about buying a fifth wheel RV, or maybe you're thinking of selling yours, visit my buddy Rod at CamperMax.com. That's C-A-M-P-E-R-M-A-X-X.com. CamperMax.com. That's Max with two X's or give him a call 256-320-7033. Either way, let the folks at Camper Max know that Conrad sent you and they're going to give you that friend of a friend hookup that I've enjoyed for oh so many years. Camper Max is the home of the Max discount. That's CamperMax.com. Camper, M-A-X-X.com. By the way, if you're looking to purchase a motorhome, hang in there. My buddy Rod is working on that now. It's all going down at CamperMax.com. Let's get out there. Let's enjoy 2023. 
This could be one heck of a new year. Thanks to CamperMax.com or 256-320-7033 and let them know that Conrad sent you. Let's talk about the, the decision to try to take this company national. Uh, it's been criticized a lot. You know, guys like Dusty Rhodes and Vince McMahon would say, or not Vince McMahon, but Ric Flair and, and, and other luminaries would, would say, boy, if he'd have just stayed east of the Mississippi or whatever it is, uh, the yeah. idea being, hey, just stay a territory. Uh, but the wrestling business is changing and you see Vince swallowing up all of your com- competitors and all of these individual territories are going by the wayside. So it feels as if, Hey, it's now or nothing. You got to go all in and Crockett certainly did his best to do that. A he's got yeah. the superstation. He made a seven figure investment from what I understand to get that time slot. In addition to that, he's gone and tried to strike a deal with Watts and get that territory. And more importantly, not just the territory. But all of the television networks and the agreements that Watts had in place, this puts him over that magical number that he thinks the syndicators are looking for. Call it a hundred stations that got him to that number to where he at least had something that could be competitive with Vince. But now after Vince has maybe sabotaged arcade with survivor series, the decision is not only to run bunkhouse stampede in January as a pay-per-view, but to essentially do it in Vince's backyard. This is going to be at the Nassau Coliseum, the show we're talking about today. In hindsight, was it poking the bear a little bit to run it in Nassau, do you think? I guess it might have been. You know, uh, I think they just want to play the number one market, and uh, that's that's Vince's market. I mean, it has been forever since the territory days. So uh, it might have been poking the bear. I'm sure that it was for a lot of people. Uh, I, you know, when, when in different roles have different consequences and bring along different pieces of baggage uh and you know you never really know until everything starts unfolding and then in my role as a as a play-by-play guy you know you you just you know you're you got to go to work and and all that behind the scenes shit you know jimmy had a jimmy and dusty had big plans but they didn't have a game plan that that was going to work right the, the idea of going national is not a bad idea at all. All those markets out there that weren't being serviced, weren't being played. Uh, you know, it was, it was a tough, tough scenario, Connie. And, uh, but I think going national was the right thing to do, but you had to have a better game plan. And obviously as things worked out, we can, I think safely say we didn't have the right game plan. Well, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I just can't help but wonder, you know, it's sort of how you said earlier, one thing leads to another and it does make me wonder, had they not chosen Nassau Coliseum, would Vince have tried to compete? Would Vince have tried to create the Royal rumble to sort of sabotage it? Or would he have just let him run the show? But maybe no. he feels like this is a, a declaration of war on two fronts. A, you're trying to ease in on my pay-per-view business, which I feel like I innovated, silly. And then two, you're running in my backyard. And of course, this is a guy who understood there are no boundaries because he's going and taking other people's territories. But it's clear, man, the battle lines are drawn. And I wanted to know, when did you first hear, hey, Vince is now, since the cable companies won't let him compete with another pay-per-view on this same day, He's going to run a show for free on USA heads up with us. When do you hear that? 
early on, early on, it was a talk of the locker room. Yeah. And, uh, and guys were just, most guys were that knew Vince were not surprised or shocked. Uh, it was something that any smart promoter and he don't mistake it. He, he might've been unethical in the eyes of some, but he's a smart son of a gun and I, and he still is, uh, at 77. So, uh, they've been kind of quiet in there in their camp. I haven't heard a lot of dirt, uh, lately, I guess, uh, I'm sure there's another shoe will drop here, there, and yon. it'll be interesting to see how the creative of the Royal rumble is played out. And, uh, will Vince's fingerprints be on the, that, or will it be more distinctively Paul Levesque's creative fingerprints? You know, that's interesting questions that to ask. And of course, there's only one way to get the answers. Watch the show. Right. That peacock's a hell of a deal, Conrad. It is. It really is. It's a, it's a great innovation for NBC. It's a, it's a very valuable tool to say the very least. So, uh, because you don't have to go through the cable companies anymore. Isn't it funny how that works out? The cable companies got the short end of that stick because, uh, Peacock is, it's so easily accessible. Hell, even I can figure out how to find Peacock. So it's all good. I got to figure out how to do paramount plus and some of those things. I, I've been missing some episodes of, uh, Tulsa King, which I think is a great show. No, it's, it's on pause for now. Is it? Yeah. No new okay, episodes well, right now. Maybe that's why I didn't find it. Yeah. There you go. So I'm glad see we got there. that straightened out. But next time I see <laughs> you though, I'm going to get your iPad and I'm going to add all that stuff. So oh, good. Well, let's do it. Hey, in the well, meantime, hey, by the way, you mentioned the, uh, your big show coming to Huntsville. When is that? Oh yeah. Our, uh, our Patreon get together. We call it top guy weekend, June 23rd, 24th and 25th here in Huntsville, Alabama. I can't believe it, Jim. We, we put a poll up on adfreeshows.com and asked them, Hey, do you want the next top guy weekend to be back in Chicago? Do you want it to be in Nashville, Huntsville, somewhere else? And Huntsville won overwhelmingly, which I couldn't believe. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people want to check out space camp, but that's what we're doing, man, uh, in, in late June and, uh, looking forward to hanging out with you and taking you to my meeting three that you enjoyed before. And that's going to be, yeah. we, we know where all the good eating spots are in Huntsville. Well, you're not kidding. And, and people that come to Huntsville to enjoy our, enjoy this, uh, these festivities are going to discover, uh, uh, many little gold mines as far as food is concerned. Oh yeah. I and think, I think you're got- fat by accident. It was an intention. <laughs> It was good, man. I, when I was there with you before, I, we had, we never had anything but great food. Yeah. And I, I like those mom and pop places. I like yes. the individually owned, locally owned things. It just, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm more sensitive to that now of shopping locally and, or taking care of the smaller business guy, uh, than not. So yeah, it'll, that'll be a fun weekend. I'm, I'm going to do everything in my power to, to make it down there. Huntsville or over there or however you want to term it. So it should be good. I'm looking forward to it. Hope everybody turns out. I mean, it's, I, I, I think that's one of the more neat events of the entire year for a wrestling fan. There's nothing else like it. I agree. And, and you find out too, that we, the, the alleged celebrities are just people. Yes. And you, and I, I enjoyed that. I enjoy meeting people and taking the pictures and, and not just moving through the line. Let's go like your, your, your cattle. Uh, I loved it. And so, uh, it'll be fun. 
I guess I'm going to stay in your guest room, right? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> We're I just invited myself to Conrad's. Oh, yeah. You know where it is. We got a, we got a Jim Ross suite upstairs with your name yeah. on it. Okay. All right. That's enough. Uh, let's get back to more fiction well, that, that the bunkhouse stampede. Yeah. Speaking of the bunkhouse stampede, Meltzer would say that the Royal rumble will be an annoyance to JCP, but he thinks the real where the rubber meets the road is how well can, can, can they promote this show built around a bunkhouse stampede? The idea is Meltzer doesn't think a bunkhouse battle Royal on its own is going to do big business. They better load the undercard with hot angles. And if they do, maybe they can make a nice profit, but this is still sort of a test for them because pay-per-view is in its infancy. Most homes don't have pay-per-view. But he would even say the, the super wrestling fans who do have pay-per-view capabilities in their house, probably also have a VCR, meaning they could watch one show and record the other. But the real test is, he says, quote, the key is how well JCP promotes the show over these next three weeks and how strong and intriguing the card looks to the general public. And I think that as simple as it may sound, that is an astute observation by Dave. Because he's saying, Hey, let's not get too caught up or distracted by the quote unquote war. They got to work on, work on and focus on their own business. Absolutely. And I I feel like a lot of times that is something that we could even address today where there is some tribalism about WWE versus AEW. But if the folks who are actually handling those respective businesses are focused on their business and not so much what the other guys are doing, their business will be better served. No. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you focus on the task at hand and what we needed to do is to, as I said earlier about that momentum, uh, issue is that we needed to, we needed to get some guys or angles, programs, marriages, whatever you want to call them hot and interesting and, uh, and unpredictable, so to speak. So I, I'm a big, uh, big believer that, you know, we just didn't have all those pieces in place. But you got to take care of home base. You got to take care of the in-ring product. So people go away from there and say, well, did you watch the Buckhouse Stampede? No. Oh man, it was a hell of a show. Really? Yeah. So the next time you have a pay-per-view, you've got some little chatter that people have liked it and I'm not going to miss this one. So it was, uh, it was important to have a bell to bell success throughout the night. Uh, I'm not sure we succeeded in all those areas, but, uh, in any event. Uh, it was, it was, uh, an interesting weekend in long Island to say the least. I'm curious from your standpoint, what do you think about the booking philosophy heading into this show where it felt like every live event also had a bunkhouse match? Don't like it. Yeah. Keep it fresh. Keep it new. Find it. Here's one way you can find it. But if I can buy a ticket and go to the Huntsville civic center and the, in the Bobby Eaton hall or whatever. Uh, then I, I, it takes a little to glow off, I, I believe. So it's like having a bunch of mini Royal rumbles. That ain't going to work. Keep it fresh and keep it new and, and, uh, don't, don't take that path. So, but that's just, Hey, that's booking. You know, Dusty was doing all the booking by himself. Now it, let's be honest. JJ was there and JJ was an invaluable help to the, uh, operation because JJ took copious notes and, uh, 
was a great at record keeping and getting guys, the towns and, and all those things. Uh, so JJ was invaluable as I said, but, uh, Dusty was essentially doing most of it himself. Uh, and I think sometimes he'd get into the lower card and JJ would help filter it in, but that's really not that hard to do. Cause you've only got so many bodies and here's your list of availables that uh, you could utilize if you chose to in these pre bunkhouse stampede matches. My, my issue has always been in this respect. I'm, I've never been a fan of battle Royals, right? Uh, I, I, because I've refereed so many of them and it was almost sometimes to be embarrassed to be in the ring with guys that were just half-assing it. Uh, and the, and sometimes the battle Royal is a, a lazy night for some talents. They only get good at the very end. And I'm just not a big fan of where you gotta, it's like the Royal rumble. It's gotta be good all the way through and you gotta have peaks and valleys. You gotta load it up and unload it. And that's how you get guys quote unquote over as they come in and, and, uh, they're, they're, they're devastating and they do great things. And, and so, but you can't do You just can't maintain that for an hour. You gotta have peaks and valleys and there's going to be slow spots. I can't remember what I was watching the other day. Some, something on somebody sent me something to look at and, and, uh, I, I just, you know, there's, there's, there's dead spots. Yes. There's dead spots in these matches because it's just inevitable. So we'll see how that, how it's all it's the booking of the Royal rumble is really, uh, challenging. And, you know, it was, it was Pat Patterson's idea to, to have the Royal rumble. He created the concept and which is a tribute to Pat. He'll always be remembered for it. Yes. Uh, as he should. Uh, but he, that, that idea, uh, was rooted in the annual battle Royal in, uh, the San Francisco territory for Roy Shire that Pat was, you know, Pat worked that territory, I think 14, 15 years, which is astonishing that you can stay in one territory that long, but, uh, he did and, and he made good money and he got great reputation and you know, he just kept, continued to prove himself. If Pat Patterson and his, that crew in Frisco, uh, been around during social media times, like we are now, they'd be immortalized because their matches were none better. Right. No territory had better pro wrestling, uh, than, uh, Shire's territory. And a lot of it was because of Shire was a taskmaster, you know, hard headed, but he stayed, he stayed his course until he took us off the ball and started and his TV started failing. So the, as we said here many times, Connie, the two keys to pro wrestling, if you're a promotion, I mentioned this about Billy, Gib Billy Gibbons. So he has had a birthday, my buddy from ZZ top, uh, Billy, Billy Corgan, his key is talent and television. Yeah. AEW's key is talent and television. Same for Vince. So, uh, Anyway, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that works out, but there's a lot of interesting things to evaluate and to watch, uh, if you're going to watch the Royal rumble, how it's laid out, who gets the, who gets the, you should have two good, two good runs before you get to the final four or five guys. And, uh, Patterson was brilliant at that. Then he, then I think I mentioned this before here, uh, Michael Hayes started helping and Michael was a brilliant in that regard. He's a real creative mind. So it's, it's hard to lay out. It's hard to book. Quite frankly, you got to like any great booking. You start at the end. Who do you want to win and then work backwards? 
Well, what they're doing here with all these little miniature, uh, live event bunkhouse stampedes is people are winning these on these live events in order to qualify for the pay-per-view version. The other big storyline is Lex Luger trying to turn on the horseman. He's, uh, no longer going to be a heel. He's going to be the super baby face. And Meltzer would say that it could be big box office with him and flair if things are handled right. But first we got to get people to stop changing the channel. We're saying all that because the ratings are way, way down. And Meltzer even says maybe some of this is because they're doing these, uh, they start a match and then go off the air before it finishes. So we're not seeing the conclusion and maybe that's annoying fans. This is the era where a lot of dusty's writing and booking would start to receive heavy criticism. And listen, it's been said a million times. Well, you know, in Memphis, they changed bookers every six months. Was dusty <laughs> getting burnt out here? Was he disconnected because he moved to Dallas? What's your two cents? I don't think he was disconnected because Dusty actually liked living in Texas. That's his home. Uh, so I don't think that had a, had a, had a play in it, but I do think there was a, he was getting frayed around the edges, uh, getting a little burned out and, and it's easy to see why and sure. And who wouldn't, that's the thing about I'm not knocking dusty for God's sakes, God bless his soul, but he, he needed, he needed to tag out. And, uh, I think that, uh, a fresh set of eyes and a fresh set of ideas, uh, was, was very, uh, much needed, but it just didn't have, he didn't want to give up the, his, his power and he wouldn't have had to have somebody else book it. And then you prove it or disprove it. It could happen, but he, he's like a lot of old guy, guys that were territory guys and finally made it to a position of influence and, and financial security. And it, it just, it was not, it was a tough thing. It was a tough thing. I think he needed help. And, and, uh, you know, you were afraid to say much to him because he, he took everything as a, you're, you're knocking my booking type thing. I see. He took yeah. it personally. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, as un, that was very unfortunate. Something else I wanted to ask about is the way we're going to shuffle TV here. Meltzer would write this. The NWA has made a lot of other changes since Thanksgiving. The TV package has been restructured. It appears the NWA will cut down to two TV tapings per week, one taping for TBS and the other will be an arena taping for the syndicator package. NWA pro and worldwide will become the a shows with Jim Ross and Bob Cottle handing NWA pro and Tony Schiavone and David Crockett doing worldwide. The UWF show apparently will be dropped power pro and CWF wrestling will continue as B shows and that they will consist of matches that have already appeared on the a shows. So it's important to remind everybody that you guys are actually trying to sell a package of shows. And so you're even calling it like the wrestling network and saying, we could do this and we could do that. And, and, and that's what you arm your sales force with uh, across all these hundred and some odd stations. But Meltzer would say that, Hey, all of these new shows that we now have to build and service, that's also probably going to, uh, spread dusty a little thin. Uh, I could see how, as you said, burnout becomes a real thing here when instead of focusing on one show, now you've got half a dozen. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's no season as we all know about pro wrestling. So there's never an off time. And, and when you got a booker, that's so possessive. Uh, that he's just not going to give up. He's not going to lose his grip uh, anywhere. 
but you know, there's no reason Dusty had to be working, uh, tirelessly on all those syndicated shows and all that stuff because it became same as it became, there's no creativity. It was just getting guys work. It's settling out cards, nothing exceptional. The, the heavy duty creative stuff was essentially safe for TBS and, uh, and then every now and then we'd get some good stuff on those syndicated shows. You know, I, I was working with Bob Cottle, which is one of the great joys of my life. Uh, I love Bob still love him. What an honorable, good human being he is. And it, it, a lot of people didn't even know who Bob Cottle was outside mid Atlantic. Uh, and they soon found out that Bob Cottle was a hell of an announcer. Yeah. And I, I just love traveling with him. You know, when you travel with Bob, you, it's like traveling with your uncle. You know, your heavy liquor is a diet Mountain Dew or something. Uh, you know, we, our big task in a day was find where we're going to have lunch at, drive them to the next town, things like that. Just enjoyable, civil, good stuff. And he, Bob Cottle should be in any hall of fame that exists Yes, for pro, for pro wrestling people. He's just, and I know I work with him. I, I know how he prepared. I know how he worked. I know he was open-minded. You know, I, he, I'm in his, ter- I'm in his territory, so to speak. And I'm the play on the lead and, and that's the job that he had and it didn't affect him one bit. He didn't, he wasn't boo boo faced. He wasn't, he didn't have a chip on his shoulder. He was just, he was just amazing to work with positive. And, uh, I, I just love Bob and those that have never followed his work very much. I, I encourage that. Because you'll find that you're discovering, uh, an announcer that never got, you know, he was, he's like Lance Russell in a sense that he was married to one territory and nobody knew who the hell Lance was. They did. I shouldn't say it that way, but they, fewer people knew who Lance was before he went on TBS than when he did. Right. So you got two veteran hall of fame kind of guys that really didn't get their breaks until the TBS exposure. That was a big deal. I think that was one of the things uh, there was a time there, Conrad, you might, you probably remember it better than I, where, uh, I think one of the reasons Shivani left WCW was because he was, they were going to use me on TVS and use him in syndication. Yes. And I think that, that kind of pissed him off and he had an opportunity to go to work for, uh, Vince live in Connecticut with those five kids and boy. I he was having five, five kids is sobering. <laughs> yeah. Especially with Lois Shivani. I mean, let's just call it like it is. <laughs> Shout out to yes. Lois. Hey, let's talk about, uh, the way we're, we're now positioning our programming because one of the changes I just rattled off was the UWF show is going to be dropped. And this of course is going to be the, the show that you sort of cut your teeth on and became a television star with, and now it's gone. And there's some parallels here to something that happened with the invasion. You know, originally the idea was we're going to buy this territory. Now we can have interpromotional matches. And if you grew up during the WWF WCW invasion angle, you know how that turned out. And now just a handful of months after making the acquisition, ah, let's just drop that show. Clearly the Crockett folks didn't see any value long-term in that brand. No. Yeah. Here's a clarify this one second. My, my opinion is. Dusty didn't see any okay. value in it. Jimmy was open-minded. Okay. You know, Jimmy just wanted to grow the business, but Dusty had such creative influence over Jimmy 
that uh, Jimmy just didn't have the conviction, lack of a better term, on top of my head, uh, to to do this. He just he's going to ride. He didn't want to upset Dusty. He didn't want Dusty to see that. Well, Jimmy's got a different idea, or Jimmy doesn't trust me anymore, or whatever. Par- wrestler paranoia is a never goes away, man. No, deep in your heart, it will seep starts when you're always afraid men come and take you away. That's a song somewhere. I, I mean, I, I could, I wanted to hum along. I just didn't know the melody, <laughs> uh, the Buckhouse stampede match itself, 11 guys in a cage with eliminations coming either after you throw someone out the door or over the top of the cage. This is a dusty creation. Is it not? what do you think of this yeah. concept? It was okay, but it's just another battle royal. Right. With a fancy name. And I don't even remember who the 11 and the, all I remember is that Dusty won it. Right. And, uh, but I don't remember the other 10 guys in the match. Uh, I, I just don't. Well, we're so gonna... it, it, it didn't have an identity, Conrad. It was another battle royal with a fancy name. Uh, the, I'd say the saving grace might have been that there, and I'll, I'll use this only, but there were only 11 guys in it instead of having a 20 man or 30 men, or I remember one year WWE, I think we did like 30 men or something, 40 or some ridiculous dude, just to have a, a hook and it didn't sell any more pay-per-views. It just was different. It, it created a little different, uh, uh chemistry. So, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, again, another battle Royal with a fancy name. Uh, let's talk about where we're hoping to be with, uh, with this whole bunkhouse stampede thing. The observer would say JCP is looking at get a three to 5% buy rate, figuring if they could clear 6 million possible heroes or he means homes here. It's a typo at a 3% buy rate. That's 180,000 homes at an average of $10 per household. That would be 1.8 million of which Crockett would probably gross maybe half. Right now, while this won't compare with what Titan has done, it would certainly enable the company to do a lot of upgrading. It appears that JCP will stretch out the dusty roads, retirement angle for most of the next year. They were hinting without saying on TV that Rhodes might retire after the stampede, which of course he won't for now. It's just an angle to get dusty, some sympathy cheers, which most likely isn't being played up too much because it would steal some of the spotlight away from Luger's turn. Still, I do expect a farewell tour during the fall and a retirement match as part of Starcade. Dusty would be very effective coming out of retirement once per year. While the athletic skills and conditioning would be gone, the ability to do an interview would remain. Do you remember this being the idea? Maybe a, a retirement tour for Dusty? Well, they're running out of ideas. Yeah. And uh, then you, you go lean on one that's been around forever. I mentioned earlier, I don't like battle Royals and I give you the reason why guys get lazy in them until the very end. Uh, and they just kind of go through the motions, so to speak. Uh, same thing with these retirement angles. Nobody believes anybody's retiring anymore. No, you know, uh, you made a whole, uh, weekend and a promotion out of Rick's last match. And, uh, but nobody, I don't know how many people truly believe that he was going to hang it up and never wrestle again. Cause I don't, I don't know that. I mean, has he wrestled since then? No, 
I mean, here's oh, the thing. I, I feel like when, when, the, when a last match happens in wrestling in your 73 or 74, maybe it really is it. And I hope for yep. Rick it was, but you know, it's Rick's call. I guess we'll see. He just recently was on a podcast with me last week and said, I don't know why people keep saying I want to wrestle again. I'm just saying, I wish I had that one to do over again, which I think is fair. Huh? Yeah. So, so we'll see, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So retirement angles are overdone. Yes. And battle Royals are they're They're like, they have no balls. They have balls at the end of the match and that's it to me. Um, I'll probably in the minority of my opinion of these things. And if I am people, let us know it here or on social media for sure. Yeah. So everybody's got the right to their opinion. Well, it is Dave Meltzer's opinion that, uh, it's hard to enjoy Arn and Tully matches because they're great. But quote, how many times can you watch them live when they almost always lose? And this is the era where you would start to see, you know, some unrest, of course, later this year, they're both going to jump and, and go work for Vince, but Tully was uh, pretty loud and proud about his unhappiness in this era. Pretty legendary stories. Was it apparent to you that Tully was unhappy with the way he was being booked? Yeah. He became very withdrawn Yeah, in the sense that. He, 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 he didn't feel, he seemingly did not feel to, or want to be a part of that, uh, NWA team. It was, it was over. And anytime you have any issues with money, I remember that's some good advice Vince gave me back years ago when I was doing the payroll, you know, that one thing you can't allow to happen, JR is to be late. So even when I had Bill's palsy, uh, even when we're on these long trips, we're overseas where we are. The payroll got done and whether I was sick or not, I made sure that the talent got paid on time. Uh, cause if you want to start unrest, have the checks be late. Yeah. And that ain't cool. And it seemed <clears throat> quite honestly, that's not a revelation. It's the same in any business, isn't it? Yes. What's going to happen in your company. If you, if you're, if you're habitually late on paying your, t- paying your people. Yeah. They're well, gone. Not, they're gone. They gone. Yeah. Sound like the what's the swamp people? Not swamp people. Oh, Doug Dynasty. I got hooked on that damn show for a while. I love you called them swamp people. That made me laugh. Well, they used to they used to be piggybacked seemingly uh, together. Swamp people. I like swamp people. Uh, I enjoyed that. I always wondered why they didn't show the bullet going into the alligator's head. Yeah, they would uh, cut away for that. Oh, they had to cut away. We're oh, very sensitive. Maybe the same reason they don't get a tight shot of a blade job. You go wide on those. Well, somebody will do it. Yeah, we will. Captain Lou, where is he when you need him? Hey, so let's talk about the TBS show because here in, in January is where we start to see that change a little bit. Historically, this has always been the studio show. Now we're shooting a lot of it out in arenas and Meltzer would comment that it, it feels a lot more lively as a longtime fan. When I go back and, and fire it up on Peacock, I kind of miss the studio show, but I do understand that that does make you feel a lot smaller than, than what the WWF is offering on their product where you're seeing jam packed houses because Crockett right. was doing that too. They were doing big live event business, but the studio show was what I sort of grew up on in that regard. And, and I missed it. What did you think as somebody who wasn't necessarily there for a ton of studio time? And now you are doing more arena type shows for your television typings. Did you have a preference one way or the other? 
Yeah, I like the arena shows. Yeah. I like the, the more people there, the more noise was made, and uh, it felt more energetic. It felt like you could make a, an emotional commitment to it uh, as you're watching. And let's not forget, those are two-hour shows. So uh, I, I and that ha, that has an influence on who's on it, how they're booked, uh, formatting, so forth and so on. So I I, uh, I like the the uh, I like the uh, event shows. I didn't dislike the studio shows because, like many, including yourself, that's kind of what I grew up watching. Right. You know, I had to drive. We didn't have cable at my in my house ever that I can recall. My dad and mom may had it after I left, uh, went to school and started off my little crazy wrestling journey. Uh, but I, I, I enjoyed that studio show. Uh, that was a big deal to me. I felt good about my journey when I joined Tony and David on, uh, on TBS, it wasn't the most comfortable fit. You got three play by play guys doing the same thing. Much like we have on AEW right now. When we do rampage on Friday nights, we've got three play by play guys sitting out there. And so all somebody has got to give up something and it's got to be a team effort. I think we're, we're succeeding in that. The rampage ratings are, are, are up. Uh, the shows are better and the talent selection to put on those shows by Tony Khan has been excellent and it's giving guys an opportunity to maximize those important minutes. Let's, uh, let's talk about some other big news that's happening here. Um, we're, we're, we're still in this battle and maybe Vince has signed somebody that we wouldn't have assumed would have been someone he would have went after. Here's the news directly from the observer. The hot news story of the week is that Titan is Inc. The best gimmick dusty has come up with in the past few years, big Bubba Rogers. With Hogan as champion, Titan needs every 350-pound gimmick they can get their hands on. How Dusty and Crockett would let Bubba get away is another story. Apparently, Bubba is under contract to JCP, but his contract was different from just about every other big name JCP has, and that it doesn't get a, a set salary for the year. Thus, Titan felt they would have no problems nullifying it if it got to a legal battle. Supposedly, it was just an oversight. If Bubba's contract was the same as everyone else's and he was allowed to leave a whole hornet's nest worth of problems would occur in Crockett. If he were to have let Bubba go. So Bubba is gone. He's going to become the big boss man. And I'm curious what, if any ripples that left in the office or the locker room for JCP. Hmm. Interesting question. Uh, ripples probably there. Everybody was more worried about themselves and the Bubba's future, but they have to factor themselves into the scenario because if it could happen to Bubba, it could happen to me. Uh, and I, I, that was a big loss. Uh, you know, the, uh, Bubba got over and, uh, you know, when he was with Cornette, that was a great pairing. Isn't it ironic that so many guys, when they get with Cornette, they get better. Yes. Uh, and that's a fact. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that was a loss. Bubba at one time when he was, his back was okay. And he was healthy. He was as athletic, a super heavyweight as I ever saw, you know, he was an old, uh, I think an old offensive lineman in a small college there in Georgia. Uh, I'm not sure exactly sure what school he went to. 
uh, uh, the fact that he was a legit prison guard was added to the story, but he was a, such a sweetheart of a guy, really a cool guy. And I got to know him in working for cowboy, uh, or working in that territory because Bubba was in part of that, those runs a lot. And, uh, I just thought he was phenomenal. They had, uh, he was booked with a one man gang. And sometimes those big super heavyweight matches, one big guy against another big guy, I leave a little to be desired. Well, I'll tell you the, uh, it's got dusty on his heels. He does an interview on TV with bill after he's receiving an award and he uses this time to really dunk on losing Bubba to Titan and ripping the WWF for basically stealing his bunkhouse stampede idea for the Royal rumble. I could see how dusty would, would receive criticism here. You said earlier that if, if someone approached him with some sort of, uh, you had to be sensitive. You had to be careful. You had to be, you had to tread lightly because he was very sensitive and, and honest to God, very insecure. Yeah. Very insecure. And that's not a trait that is, was totally exclusive to dusty. No, every top star in the territory area that I work with, and it'll soon be 50 years. Uh, in 2024, uh, hence our book being called JR 50. We had a great productive weekend on the book this weekend. Paul O'Brien and I a lot of always enjoy. He stimulates my thinking, which is hard to do for an old 71 year old guy. Uh, but I, 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 uh, it was just, you had to be sensitive about it. Uh, and, and, and I, I, I didn't have that with cowboy as long as you did it one-on-one never criticize or critique a alpha male like that in public. If you will, ain't going to work out. I, uh, I'm curious in your opinion is dusty, maybe the first high profile example of when the quote unquote booker is also an on air talent. Cause it feels like people always single that out. And when people say, oh, you can't do both. They almost inevitably come back to dusty. Is that a fair criticism? Mm, it's pr- pretty fair. Yeah. Pretty fair. Uh, again, it's something I've always been against because there's no objectivity. There's uh, it creates a natural impasse between the office and the locker room, which you shouldn't have. There's going to be a divide and a gap there, but you want to lessen it as much as you can. Uh, but, uh, a t- uh, that, that situation is a thing where you just can't, you can't make objective decisions. If you are the, above the title, you're the star, you're the, the key hero. And it's just tough, man. I, it, I don't know that it can ever work out. I don't think it can work out today. And, and you see where that's headed. You don't have anybody in those positions, you know, I don't think Tony Khan has any plans on wrestling, uh, but who the hell knows, you know, <laughs> uh, well, I don't, Hey, look, that's one thing about his company is that he keeps everybody on their toes. and He's unpredictable. Well, that's fair. Right? Yeah. You know, so crazier things have happened, Connie. Hopefully that won't happen, but who knows? <laughs> um, funny. 
Meltzer would write a little bit of dirt. He would say, oh there's my God. more to the story about Thunderfoot, Joel Deaton, uh, getting fired. Apparently he was given notice on uh, twelve twenty five in Greenville while driving home to Charlotte. He allegedly ran a red light and hit a car broadside and a 23 year old woman who was the driver of the car he hit died. He was arrested on January 3rd and charged not only with vehicular manslaughter, but also with two counts of passing bad checks and a possession of drug paraphernalia. If convicted of these crimes, he could face a maximum five-year prison term. Uh, do you remember all this with Joel Deaton? That's a story that I don't feel like anybody talks about. I was a little disconnected from that. I mean, I, I, I remember the tragedy, uh, and it was, it was horrible. I mean, anytime there's death involved, my God, you ain't got to think too hard and long about that situation. But I, I was not in that loop. He was a good hand. Whatever happened in that case, do you have any idea? You know, I don't know all the details, but uh, we'll get Silva on it. See if he can find something with old Joel Deaton. Uh, as we're getting closer to the show, we start to see more build and more hype on the creative. And it's really the first chance that we get to see sort of seeds of Lex Luger and Ric Flair. Did you guys remember thinking, Hey, that's going to be our next hot angle. That's, did you think that that was more than just a passing, uh, you know, uh, we have to have main events every show, but every now and again, we have a landmark event. Did you think this is going to be our version maybe of Hogan, Andre, or what have you flair and I don't, I don't know that we had any other alternative Conrad. Yeah. What else is available that hadn't been done to death? And, you know, and if you look at, uh, a, a, a poster, as we used to say, when they did posters, uh, it makes a great poster. Yes. Uh, art, the artwork, the graphics, all those things is, are very favorable. So I, I'm, a I'm, a, I'm a big believer that, uh, uh, we didn't have a lot of other directions to turn. So it had to work. Talk to me a little bit about. Why the need do you think to not do that match here at bunkhouse stampede? You know, I understand that this is essentially a gimmick match pay-per-view, but if we're trying to sell tickets, if we're trying to, you know, if, if we acknowledge TV ratings are down and they just sabotaged our last show and now they've tried to counter program us with, with a free show. Is there a thought to maybe we do quote unquote hot shot flair and Luger and put it out there? I'm sure there was some discussion about that, but I, I truly believe that, uh, the pay-per-view element of marketing, how you market it, uh, and the uniqueness of the bunkhouse stampede, uh, was, uh, the deciding factor they wanted, they wanted one major attraction. That being the bunkhouse stampede that ironically dusty won. Uh, so, and I don't remember anybody being overwhelmed with that decision. We had a chance right there. Dusty was a made man for God's sakes. Yes. He didn't need to win the bunkhouse stampede. Uh, it didn't move the needle and, uh, and that's just the truth of it. So we had a chance there to elevate somebody, you know, maybe Luger. Maybe somebody else that you, you have a, that you have a feeling that could get over, but they just need a little something, something to, to push them over the top. But, uh, Dusty winning the, the uh, bunkhouse stampede was unnecessary. It was just, that wasn't more of an ego thing. Well, instead of going with, uh, flair and Luger, 
uh, in singles competition on this show. We got Flair working with Road Warrior Hawk one on one. And don't get me wrong, I think in another time, another place, Road Warrior Hawk would have been a major single star. But here he yeah. is, he has been presented for such a long time as quote unquote just a tag team guy. Don't get me wrong, the hottest tag team act there was, but still a tag team guy. It doesn't usually lend itself to people thinking, oh, well, he's a threat for the title, right? Correct, but he was so impressive. I was really looking for, now that you missed that, I was really looking forward to that match. I thought it's going to be fun. It's different. Yes. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see how Rick, uh, lays it out and, and, you know, Rick's calling the plays in that match. He called the plays in all of his matches. That's what, that's what great heels do. They lead the way. Uh, and, uh, he, he was, there was nobody better than, than flair in laying out a match and making sure that his adversary uh, got shine and, and look good. Uh, the sad part about it to me, which always aggravated me was the fact that so many of Rick's matches that would end up in a non-finish. Right. And so a DQ or a double count out or whatever DQ, mini dairy queen, uh, I used to laugh at that, but anyway, that's another story. Uh, the disqualification, uh, he, he, he was just, uh, he was brilliant at it, and, but the problem was, as I said, or going to say, he, he never got closure on some of these big matches because it was always a, not always, but it was more often than not uh, a non-finish. I don't, I don't know who that helps quite frankly. Right. Jimmy's famous seafood.com. Use that promo code, Jim Ross. Enjoy some free shipping. Uh, I tell you what, we got to talk about something that happened on TBS that I don't think would happen on WWF programming. Let's get your take. Flair and Dusty were both in Chicago on January 12th because the Bulls were playing the Celtics and the game is actually going to be broadcast on TBS. These guys have been cutting promos on each other for years about how much they hate each other. And now we're going to get shots of them sitting beside each other along with Jim Crockett when they do close-ups of them in the stands. And I understand that TBS is trying to get over their homegrown stars and all that stuff and cross promote. And I understand, but goodness gracious, man, when, when these guys are in a feud with each other and sitting next to each other on TV, that's less than ideal. No, I think so. Yeah. It's it, it, because it, it, uh, necessitates, it necessitates explaining of which that's the wrong platform to start explaining a TV storyline. And to have them both in the, in the building was great. Having them set apart would have been better because you'd have got two shots instead of one shot. You got a little bit more exposure. Uh, at least that's my take on it. But, uh, I remember that I, you know, it was a good get for, you know, if TBS had been more committed, uh, in that era of promoting, uh, the wrestling brand. Uh, things could be a whole hell of a lot different, a lot more competitive. And of course I say that now, you know, TBS is a major supporter of AEW where I work and I earn a living uh, along with their sister station, TNT. So, uh, I, I, I'm, I wouldn't have done it. And I think if had been, if it had been left to a more, a stronger manager and Jimmy just, Jimmy tried to piece those guys as much as he could. 
uh, and I understand they were the stars of the show and blah, blah, blah. But at some point in time, we have to look and say, okay, what are we building for the future? Yes. Cause no matter what the future's coming. Yes. Tomorrow, if we're all lucky, we'll see the sun, sun shine on us. Easy for me to say. Well, let's talk about what's next here. Uh, I, I can't believe this is a, a real report from the observer, but M Meltzer would write this. However, the NWA had eight no shows and put on what everyone I talked with was called a very bad card in Los Angeles on Thursday night. Most of the no shows were guys who were pulled from the card for financial reasons, meaning the cost of flights from Honolulu to Los Angeles and then to Charlotte, as opposed to Hawaii to Charlotte, then Nassau. And the card was advertised with a 7 PM start, but a good percentage of the tickets printed listed an 8 PM start, but the show started at 635, even though very few people were there and it ended before 9 PM. So if you arrived at eight o'clock, like your ticket said, you missed most of the show. Damn. This to me is how you kill a town. This is un almost unforgivable that it's this sort of who's on first. Did you know all of this is happening at the time? Or are you just hearing about it after the fact? No, uh, in the wrestling world, Conrad, as you've probably grown to know over the many years that you've been involved, uh, bad news travels so fast. It's almost embraced. Uh, it's all, it's just like, you know, we, we, we thrive on this shit. And I think that's kind of where we were there. Yeah. We were aware of it. It, it, it steps back to where, you know, Jimmy, God bless him. I and mean, he was so good to me. And, and I, and I thought the world of him, but I could see that his hands were tied in a lot of, a lot of times. And he was just a guy that just didn't, he hated to say no. Did you get that feel when you talked with him and those wonderful interviews you did? Yes. He just didn't want to disappoint talent. He was that parent that would let you stay out late. Yes. And, uh, and he just had a good heart, but, uh, he, he needed to make some change. He, he would eventually see the light, so to speak, but it was too late. After 10 years of anxiety, I can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's a testimonial from mind bloom customer, Molly 10 years. Think about that. If you don't live with anxiety and depression, it's easy to just look at someone, maybe someone you love and wonder why they just can't get up, get going and quote unquote, fix themselves. Or maybe you're wondering that about yourself. You see others living their life when you'd settle for just one day without feeling like everything was collapsing on you. It's hard, but it doesn't have to be this way. Mindbloom knows this and can help. Mindbloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy for people looking for a new way to treat their anxiety and depression. They combine science-backed medicine with a guided treatment plan that's both affordable and fast-acting. To begin, take Mindbloom's online assessment and schedule a video consult with a licensed psychiatric clinician. If approved, you'll work with Mindbloom on your specific treatment plan and you'll be mailed a customized kit complete with medicine, a journal, and treatment materials. After only two sessions, 87% of Mindbloom clients reported improvements in depression and 85% reported improvements in anxiety. It's time to enter your next chapter in mental health and well-being. Achieve transformational outcomes with Mindbloom. 
Right now, MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash JR and use promo code JR at checkout. Go to mindbloom.com forward slash JR, promo code JR for $100 off your first six-session program today. That's mindbloom.com forward slash JR, promo code JR. Well, I'll tell you, we got some, some unhappy folks. Meltzer would write this in recent weeks. The promotion has lost Terry Taylor, big Bubba Rogers, and apparently the rock and roll express quit this afternoon from all the reports out of New York because they're unhappy about their push. The odds of Steve Williams returning are less than 50, 50 Sean Royal quit as well as names like Chris champion, Brad Armstrong and Eddie Gilbert might as well have disappeared. And there are others who are looking to get out as well. Yeah, all those guys could have been utilized. Yes. All those guys, you can look at that graphic and you're watching on uh, YouTube. YouTube. Thank you. Uh, and you can say, well, why didn't Big Bubba win the, the, the uh, bunkhouse stampede? Right. Or Doc. Uh, you know, I can see why the rock and roll might not win it because they're a team. Uh, but, you know, quite frankly, but. It, it was a bit of an opportunity to elevate somebody's perception. We've missed on that opportunity and we gave it to someone who had the most TV exposure, uh, and, and long running, uh, in the whole company, I guess you could argue flair might be that guy. Uh, but they both shared a, 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 a spotlight that was beginning to get too small. Well, I'll tell you this, it's unfortunate because, and I think you hit the nail right on the head at the start of our discussion today, you talked about how we had no momentum and it feels like all the momentum's on the WWF side and boy, they're starting to jump ship here left and right. Um, looking back, do you remember feeling like the bunkhouse stampede was do or die for JCP make or break, or is that just something you feel in hindsight now? No, maybe in hindsight, I didn't feel it at the time. Okay. I didn't feel the, the, the urgency of that extreme quite honestly, but, uh, we, Hey, look, we all knew it was nut cutting time, right? You know, balloon payments coming due and monies are not there. And you know, all the, all the bad news you could, you could, you could embrace was coming our way. So it was, uh, a tough time. It basically, I would not have been surprised at anything I heard going to work any morning, like we're shutting it down or like we're selling or we're, we have to cut payroll. Uh, you know, I got my payroll cut there and, uh, but it, but it always, it was always made up for, uh, so it was just hard, but, but it's just a hard scenario to very knowing that the, the next phone call you may result in a lot of bad news. Well, it's pretty bad news. When the Royal rumble rating comes out, the show does an 8.2 rating, which is the highest viewed wrestling program on cable ever at this point. So yeah. the Royal rumbles it's a hit. Free. Yes. How do you beat free? free? I don't think you can. You can't. I don't think so. So let's talk about the bunkhouse stampede. And knowing that we're heading up against what will be the most watched cable wrestling thing of all time at that point, 
First, we got to deal with some card changes. The sheep herders who are going to become the bushwhackers are supposed to be taken on the Royal, uh, the rock and roll express, but the rock and rolls are out of here. Steve Williams. Isn't there either. Neither's Mike Rotundo. Uh, he's announced as taking on sting in the pregame, but he's not actually there. And then we see Garvin and sting team up to defeat the sheep herders in a dark match. And then it's time to finally Why? start this Why would, that, why would you use that in the dark? I don't know. It doesn't make Seriously. any sense. I don't understand that logic. I might be wrong. Next up, we get Nikita Koloff. And I know what you're thinking. Boy, I hope he goes to a 20-minute draw. Well, he does. <laughs> yeah. Against Bobby Eaton. Uh, listen, uh, of all the things that made an Nikita match work, I don't think 20 minutes was ever part of the equation. I agree. I agree. Um. Meltzer would say to say Nikita did nothing would be giving him more of a compliment than he deserves. Bobby held the hammer lock on the last 35 seconds when they slugged it out. And after the bout, Stan Lane showed up and they doubled on Nikita for a few seconds. This is a candidate for the worst match of the year. And he gives it a negative two-star rating. And let me just remind everybody, we're not picking on Nikita, but the opponent is Bobby Eaton. Bobby Eaton has never had a bad match. Not that I ever saw until this one. Uh, and next up the hits keep on coming. It's Larry Zabisco and Barry Windham. This gets a star and a quarter, but they too, I think go probably too long for the Western States title, 19 minutes and 16 seconds. Larry Zabisco gets the win. Um, of that, course, was, that was somewhat of a surprise. Excuse me, Conrad, somewhat of a surprise because, you know, Barry was always one of Dusty's favorites. Barry had this unlimited upside that seemingly no one could ever, uh, attain for him, uh, he was probably one of the more, uh, underutilized talents and part of that's on Barry. Uh, you know, there was reliability issues in the eyes of some that, uh, you couldn't count on him. I never felt that way, but I knew that for whatever reason, the creator wasn't motivating him to be as good as he could be. We never, I don't know that I, maybe on isolated occasions, uh, he showed exactly what he was made of. But was it wasn't often enough, and, and at least in my view. So uh, I don't know that we ever saw the, the on a long term, consistent basis the very best that Barry Wyndham had to offer. Well, we know that Barry Wyndham's got bigger things. He's going to be turning on with this Lex Luger story, and it's going to be a bigger angle. And really, who cared about the Western States title? Um, nobody. Nobody. It was another deal to to appease talent. Right. Hey, look, we're making you a champion. You're getting a belt. Oh, okay. Who cares? Yes. Who cares? Are you going to be over? Are you going to draw money? Well, probably not, but you've got a title. (laughs) title. And that was an old title. I I think that one time was kind of based out of, uh, maybe Amarillo or the, I think the funks had something to do with it. So Dusty had experience in that, with that name, but it was just like most guys kind of shook their head and in, in dismay. When they found out that we we're creating another title, which would be meaningless. And it was next up the match. You said you were kind of intrigued to see they get 21 minutes and 39 seconds road warrior Hawk gets a win over Ric Flair, but it's by DQ. So of course, Flair retains the same formula. Yes. The same formula, Conrad, what would it have hurt for Ric Flair to beat a tag team guy? Even as great as Hawk was, what would it have hurt? for the, for flair to go over. Yes. They, you know, he, he made Hawk 
a Superman, but there's a million ways to get three seconds out of this thing. And we explored none of those options. Disqualification finish just took the, to me, it took the air out of the sails of the house because I think they actually wanted flair to win. And, uh, but anyway, it didn't work out that way, but that was a part of that formula. And if I can remember that 30 something years ago, you can imagine how it was in the, in its, uh, in the heat of battle, because everybody knew more often than not, uh, you know, Flair's going to leave with the title, so to speak. And he's, uh, and he's not gonna, he's not gonna get pinned and he's not gonna pin it. Nobody gets pinned. So you have this hellacious work ethic and for what? So I, I, I always thought Rick was, uh, that was bad booking. I don't think he should have, I thought, I thought he should have been treated better in that respect. Well, something in hindsight, I think we could be critical of is, you know, the Larry Zabisco, Barry Windham match had a ref bump and the very next match here with Flair and Hawk also has a ref bump where the ref stays down for an incredible three minutes as Hawk has Flair pinned JJ hits Hawk with a chair. Hawk doesn't sell it. Then Flair hits Hawk with a chair and Hawk kicks out just before the count of two. And Meltzer would say he probably should have hung around till two and three quarters to get the right dramatic effect. Either way, Flair suplexed Hawk, who didn't sell it one bit. Flair hits Hawk again with a chair, but this time the ref sees it, and that's the DQ. So three and three quarter stars. Maybe a little predictable, too many non-finishes, too many referee bumps. But it's now it's time for our main event. It's the bunkhouse stampede. And these are essentially the finals, because as we mentioned, we've had these in live events around the country and the winners of those would qualify here. Just to recap for everybody, the first match on the pay-per-view was a 20 minute draw. The second match on the pay-per-view was 19 minutes and 16 seconds for the Western States title. The third match is 21 minutes and 39 seconds. And now our main event is 26 minutes and 21 seconds. We don't have any filler, any fluff. We've got really long matches here. And in this main event, as you might imagine a cage match that dusty Rhodes was booking a come as you are bunkhouse battle, Royal stampede, whatever, lots of blood. And Meltzer would say for what it was, it's about as good as it could be. You had several guys, not exactly noted for stamina, all going the distance. So you can excuse some guys resting in spots. Overall, it was brutal and bloody and basically gave us what was promised. Ivan Koloff, who was excellent, was the first guy out in 1642 when road warrior animal threw him over the cage animal and Wardlow, Wardlow, warlord went out in 18 minutes. Then Arn Tully and Luger went out as a trio in 2236, leaving Dusty and the Barbarian. Finally, Congo. Well, that had you sitting on the edge of your seat, did it? Dusty and the Barbarian. Well, that's what I'm saying. Gosh, it was right here, man, and we just fumbled. Yep. Everybody worked as hard as they could and did a good job, according to Meltzer. Um, this is, of course, the big boot moment for Dusty. I guess this is supposed to be the start of his big retirement tour, um, which nobody was going to believe anyway. No, it's, it's puts him right back in the spotlight. He needed to be, uh, dusty needed to be treated, uh, a lot like Vince senior did Bruno back in the day. Uh, he, he was always taken care of. He wasn't overexposed. Uh, and it, it was, it's, it's, he treated him special and dusty was on everything. And 
and that decreases the desire to see more of what you've been seeing all the time. Give me a little bit of something different. Throw me an off speed pitch, do something that, that makes me open my eyes and raise it in my eyebrow, eyebrow raising type thing. But it was, uh, I just didn't understand that, but Jimmy was so, you know, I think you know, Conrad, would, would you say that Jimmy was, uh, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for it's, was Jimmy just a dusty Mark. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I don't know another way to say it. He, he had, you know, and years later we would see people say that about Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan. I just want to add some context to that dusty Rhodes, And I realized that some of our younger listeners only know him through his polka dot run and, and everything that happened after that. But if you go back and you take a look at his body of work through the seventies and eighties, he was one of the biggest box office attractions in all of wrestling and critically exactly. acclaimed. He won wrestler of the year over and over and over and everywhere he went, he was a box office attraction. He made money everywhere he went. And the, the very idea of Starcade, this super, you know, these days it's called a premium live event. That was dusty's idea years before there was a WrestleMania. So to lean into a guy who's had so much success. I think makes all the sense in the world. Like you lean on, you stand on the shoulders of giants is the phrase that people like to use. And so if you're an Eric Bischoff trying to figure out, Hey man, what could work? Well, let's ask the guy who's made more money in wrestling than anybody Hulk Hogan. And, and, and let's, let's lean into that. And I think a generation before Jimmy Crockett probably did that with dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just hard to separate friendship and fandom all that stuff from business. No doubt. And, uh, you know, it's just, we're human and they liked each other. They traveled together. Hell, Jimmy even put, you know, remember that one Learjet had, uh, what did it have one Stardust or the rumor is it said Stardust. I don't know if that was true or not. I've never oh, seen it. it. Okay. I saw it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he, that's pretty cool. And he got it before Flair did. <laughs> Well, the issue with this pay-per-view, of course, is, uh, the fans are going to start chanting refund after the match is over. And that's part, always, that's always encouraging, huh, Conrad? After your main event finishes for them to start chanting refund. It's unbelievable. I also want to remind everybody that we still have a ticket issue here. So some of the fans are upset, not just because they weren't big barbarian or dusty roads fans, uh, but it's because the tickets are printed with a start time of seven 30. So they showed up over an hour late. Uh, this is, uh, this is what happens. Maybe when you don't take care of your business and when yeah. you, when you don't sweat the details, when you don't have the proper staff and it's a little thing, but for the folks who are, you know, going out of their way to buy tickets and pay for parking and save up and bring the family. And then wait, it's already happening. We missed it. It's a, it's a big investment. It's a big deal. It was just the infrastructure was lacking. We talked about that a lot. You know, Jimmy just, he was so loyal to people, you know, if guys are guys work for him forever. I mean, my God, how long did Klondike bill, uh, hang around and, uh, and you know, other guys, he just was loyal to them. He kept them he kept them employed no matter the cost. And, uh, that's a good man that does that. It may not be the greatest business decision. But it's a good human being that thinks that way. 
talk to me about the fallout from this show. Pretty legendary stories go around that after this show, there's lots of people who are upset. Tony Schiavone has told the story as he piled into the back of a limousine with uh, some of the horsemen as they were going to go party with Ric Flair and Lawrence Taylor and all that. Uh, Hey man, maybe next year, Dusty can just book himself against himself. The idea being some of the guys are feeling like this is the dusty show. And I've seen other criticisms say that this is really the beginning of the end of dusty as a, as a booker. And other people would say that this show did more to kill Jim Crockett promotions in the long run than any other show. Where do you land on the criticism that this may have been the beginning of the end for dusty as the booker and maybe the beginning of the end for Jim Crockett? I think it was, I don't know about the end for Crockett. Uh, I don't know if I'll go that far, but as far as dusty being overexposed and winning this, uh, bunkhouse stampede, uh, it was that to me that I'd agree with that assessment. Yeah. It was a little, it was a little too much, a little too much, but nobody would say that, but it was a little too much. Who had Jimmy's ear besides dusty? Anybody? I don't know that anybody did, you know, maybe. Maybe on minor issues, uh, uh, JJ, because JJ was more a businessman, more organized. You know, you could you could understand you could read his penmanship, because a lot of those booking sheets are just dumb to pencil. Yes. Whatever. So, uh, you know, it was it was a it was a. T- I think it re- everybody opened their eyes. Like, wait a minute, we keep doing the same thing over and over and none of us working. So why would logically as a business person, would you not, uh, you know, try something different. So, but we just, does he have that hole that a magical hole seemingly over, over Jimmy and, and, uh, it got a lot of heat on Jimmy. Cause I know that a lot of the talents when they were just with Jimmy would really express themselves in a very firm way. You know, he, he's killing us and you're not doing anything about it. So Jimmy took a lot of heat for that. Uh, and uh, was it deserved part of it? Sure. It's gotta be, it's gotta be considered, you know, that, but it was hard. It was hard to, uh, communicate. You didn't know who to say to what, who, who to talk to. And maybe that's, the, that was a good thing about you ask who's close to Jimmy, JJ, maybe, you know, uh, I don't even know how close Jimmy and David were on all that stuff, uh, to be honest with you. So I don't, th- I don't know if they were on the same page. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet on it. So, cause I don't think da- David, I don't know what you're, you've talked to him yeah. infinitely more than I, but golly, I think he'd probably tell you right now. Yeah. We needed to make some changes and Jimmy refused to do it. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, this, uh, bunkhouse stampede match is really the, the last big show. Uh, for baby Earl Hebner here with Jim Crockett promotions, he's going to go on to uh, work with the WWF and do the big evil twin referee angle. And yeah. uh, I think that worked out for him. I do uh, too. Yeah. Earl's good referee. And so is Dave. Earl was just maybe a notch above. Let's talk about the bunkhouse stampede, uh, Instagram, a wrestling historian wants to know, Jim, do you think the bunkhouse stampede concept could work today? Well, it would, if it was built correctly and wasn't overexposed and you had intriguing stories and ex- existing marriages, uh, on the, on the, 
on the of those 11 guys like like we had here we talked about today it's all a matter of presentation so yes it would work today if it was built correctly and that goes for just about anything you want to talk about in pro wrestling my wife started me on athletic greens right at the start of the pandemic she wanted to optimize our immune system and you might be asking yourself hey what is this stuff we see that scooper right there well with one delicious scoop of ag1 you're going to be absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, your aging, all of your things. And it's also lifestyle friendly. Whether you're trying to eat keto or paleo or vegan or dairy or gluten-free, has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything, and it still tastes good. It's gonna support better sleep quality and recovery, better mental clarity and alertness, and we look at it as almost like an investment in your all-in-one nutritional insurance. Don't just take Jim's word for it. Don't just take Conrad's word for it. Go check it out, man. 7,000 five-star reviews. Unheard of. It, it, it's crazy to think. I couldn't tell you the last time I left a review. It has to be over-the-top crazy awesome for me to go out of my way, figure out where to leave it, type it up, create an account, click send, it has wowed over 7,000 people, not one star, not two star, not three star, not four star, Dave Meltzer's favorite five-star affair. And right now it's time to reclaim your health. Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash JR. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash JR to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash JR. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Help you. And I, I tell you, the, the it, it's so simple. I mean, it's, it's idiot proof. It is. It's idiot proof. So, and it helps you get healthier. And and I just think it's just a no brainer. This is a great product, folks. You're going to get a year's supply for free. That's right. That's a hell of a deal. I don't care what you're buying. No doubt. So, uh, give it a, give it a shot. A lot of guys are using it. I know a lot of the wrestlers use it because it's a, it's a quick startup. It's a quick way to get your motor started in the morning with that one scoop. One scoop does everything. Let's, um, let's do another one here. Ari wants to know, was it my mistake in hindsight to hold the event in the WWF's backyard, along Island, uh, much like it was a mistake to perhaps hold Starcade in Chicago rather than Greensboro. Well, in, in hindsight, yes, going into it, you're going to play the number one market in the country. You think you'll get a little bit, a little bit of, um, you know, media exposure in a positive way. There's a story there coming into the backyard of the WWF. So, uh, yeah, I think that, I think that, uh, in hindsight, it was an issue it, in foresight. It was like, Hey, we're We got big balls. We're, we're rowdy. We're crazy and we're aggressive and you're not going to push us around. It was a big, big mistake. 
Uh, Michael wants to know, I remember on something to wrestle, Bruce mentioned the Hogan 88 episode that the feeling was the WBF was, uh, feeling in the WBF was Crockett running the show there in Nassau was the first declaration of war. What was the feeling on the Crockett side about that? Did you guys think it was, a we're going in there and we're going to kick their ass in their own backyard. Well, that was a psychology that was utilized. Yeah. That let's band together. We're one team. Let's travel on the road. Let's go to their backyard and have one hell of a show and to leave people talking for, for a long time to come. Uh, so, uh, uh, it, yeah, it was, uh, that whole market thing was, uh, interesting. It became a bigger story did long Island after, uh, it happened going into it. It had one set of consequences and one set of, uh, issues to, to discuss, but quite frankly, uh, the, after the, after the event was over, that was one of the things that was used as an excuse, uh, for the lack of success. Uh, one last question here. Prince of strong style wants to know at any point did either Hawk or animal have potential as single stars in JCP or was the smart money just to keep them together as a team? I think if it's not broke, you don't try to fix it. Road warriors are an iconic team that still to this very day will never be replaced in memory and perception. They were a unique act. They were first of their kind in, in a lot of ways. So, uh, I'm, uh, I don't know. I, I, it was a declaration in, in a sense, but nobody knew how far this war was going to go. And, you know, it, sometimes it's just a matter of what's Vince's mood going to be like today. What's he going to do to us today? Because he had all the ammo and, uh, and we didn't. So I don't know that, uh, going into his backyard was smart. I don't know if it had changed things very much. I think he still would have been aggressive and, and, uh, he retarded the growth of the pay-per-view commodity, uh, and business and, and, uh, and JCP at a time that JCP could not afford those issues. We, we needed paydays and, and, uh, but it, it didn't work. It didn't work out that way. So that was a key time. You go back to your historian and studying trends and what set this back and so forth. Uh, the bunkhouse stampede certainly was an event that had much more, uh, you know, much more issues, many more issues, uh, than we perceived it to be at the time that it happened. It was a, it was a difference maker. It was a, a, and, and ironically, uh, for the most part, other than the timing, uh, the show was pretty decent. Well, I'll tell you what else is pretty decent. And that's my conversation with Gary Juster. You've heard his name for years. We've talked about him on this program for years. He's been in and around the business for decades, but you've probably never heard an interview with him until now. I recently sat down with Gary over at adfreeshows.com on a little program we call insiders. And we got his behind the scenes take on the AWA, the NWA, WCW ring of honor, and now MLW. And by the way, if you missed it and you're still in the mood for a little Royal rumble chatter this past Tuesday, the 24th on the exact 35th anniversary of the very first Royal rumble, which was head to head with the show we covered today, we were joined by hacksaw, Jim Duggan. You got to do a live watch along with the guy who won the very first Royal rumble. 
And it only happened at adfreeshows.com. Maybe if you're still jonesing for some more rumble talk, well, last year on the 30th anniversary of Royal rumble 92, we watched that match with the nature boy himself, and you can go relive that conversation and the interaction with fans as they asked the, the goat, all the champions or all the questions about that championship bout over at adfreeshows.com. And of course we, uh, we heard Jim talk about it earlier. My man, JJ Dillon had great penmanship. Want to see it? Well, we've got the Crockett book <laughs> 1985 in JJ's handwriting from the genius mind of dusty Rhodes. This is from Jim Crockett jr's personal collection. His brother, David has the book and we break it down page by page, day by day, show by show, town by town, gate by gate. You see the matches, you see the moments, you see the dollars. It's a peek behind the curtain. That's unprecedented in wrestling. And it's all exclusive at adfreeshows.com and a little bonus action every single month with JR. We do a bonus episode with Jim every single month at adfreeshows.com. Love to have your business over there. And there it is. JRsbbq.com. We hope you guys will also check us out on YouTube. If you haven't already, we would love to have you like subscribe and turn on the notifications bell over at grilling JR on youtube.com. You can also keep up with our show at JR grilling on Twitter and Instagram. It's grilling JR over on Facebook. Uh, Jim Ross is on Instagram at Jim Ross BBQ. He's on Twitter at JR's BBQ. I am at Hey, Hey, it's Conrad on Twitter. At hey, Hey, it's Conrad Thompson on Instagram. And you can even grab our brand new t-shirts and merch over at grillingjrts.com, including the now infamous where's my push. Damn it. T-shirt <laughs> over at grillingjrts.com. Next week, Jim, we're going to be back talking about one of the craziest things that ever happened in wrestling way back when, when the WWF was able to contract the radicals, they jumped from WCW. It wasn't uncommon to see one guy jump, but it was very uncommon to see four talent come in like this. Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, and Dean Malenko. We're going to talk about how it happened and you're going to get the behind the scenes take from Jim Ross. But before that happens all week this week and forever and ever, amen. I'm going to be helping people save money over at SaveWithConrad.com with real loud music, bad music, because that's what we do. We bring big savings. You're going to want to shout about how much money you're saving at SaveWithConrad.com. Why not throw a couple of house payments over the top rope with SaveWithConrad.com? We're going to get you yeah. a lower monthly payment, get rid of all that credit card debt. Listen, seriously, once you owe this money, it's up to you how to pay it back. What interest rate do you really have on your credit cards? 18%, 28%, whatever it is, you know, you can do better. Well, if you can keep more of your own money, why wouldn't you do that? And how's this for starters? No payments in February or in March. You're done until April 1st. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. I want to mention we have an A plus rating with the BBB and you can read our reviews anytime you like at ConradReviews.com. What you'll find right there is more than a thousand five-star reviews. In fact, our average rating is 4.72 stars and you can be our next success story. You just got to hurry to save with Conrad.com NMLS number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lender save with Conrad.com Jim. I don't know what I expected today, but I love talking about these interpromotional wars and bunkhouse stampede versus the Royal rumble was another chapter in the war. And unfortunately we know who won it. Royal rumble is going to be celebrating once again this weekend and no bunkhouse stampedes in sight. Hope they do well. Hope that you guys are tuned in Friday night to watch your rampage. 
you know, I'm having such a blast working with Jericho and Excalibur and Tony, uh, for a four man booth, it can get very crowded. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, it's working out nicely. I really have fun doing it. Jericho brings a, a great amount of energy and, and comedic relief. I think he and I play off each other. Well, uh, Tony's, you know, ubiquitous. He's everywhere doing interviews and, and working at the desk. And by the way, we have a new set. You know, we got, I I convinced everybody that we should have it on camera, uh, last week before the Jags game on Friday night, don't they game on Saturday, of course. Uh, and it was, uh, to show off my Jack, Jacksonville Jaguar, sh- uh, uh, a hoodie. It's the first time I ever did a wrestling show wearing a hoodie. So, uh, I remember some of those old tapes and stuff and suits and ties and all that, which is cool. But that's the Shivani and Excalibur's uh, bailiwick. Jericho and I go a little f- more freewheeling. So uh, anyway, to each his own. But I, but check it out on Friday night. It's going to be a good show, and uh, we appreciate your support. The ratings are up. The level of talent being uh, being presented is improving. So we're we're having fun with it. It's a it's a challenge because Friday night's not the greatest night for television. No. But you just keep digging away, and, and if you have good show after good show, then I believe, and maybe I'm just an eternal optimist, that good things happen when you do the right work. Yes, they do. Well said. Everybody tune in this Friday night, AEW Rampage, the greatest of all time. The voice of wrestling will be on the call, and he'll be back next week right here on Grilling JR with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We love you. Appreciate your business. And we'll talk to you again very soon. As a matter of fact, next week, right here in this space. So long, everybody. Bye-bye. Can't believe this is real, but Woo Wings, your very own virtual restaurant concept is now open and fans can enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with their Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa, right here in Alabama. Many more locations coming soon. As a virtual restaurant, Woo Wings is looking to partner with existing restaurants in major metro areas. Tell your favorite sports bar or local restaurant you want Woo Wings in your town. And to visit rickflairwings.com for more information on how to become a partner. But if you're in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Huntsville, or Tuscaloosa, hop on your Uber Eats or Postmates app and look for Woo Wings and try the only chicken wings worthy carrying the name of the 16-time World Heavyweight Champion, Woo Wings. Be sure to check out rickflairwings.com to become a partner. Hey guys, Tony Schiavone. Need to call a timeout real quick. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling what happened when listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com. On a brand new edition of Insiders, Gary Juster sits down with Conrad to discuss his decades spent behind the scenes in AWA, NWA, WCW, and ROH. I don't think it was a battle with Eric so much on uh, TV versus house shows. It was a matter of if they're not making money, we got to figure out, you know, something else. You know, we just can't let it bleed like that. We go one-on-one with WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long as he joins Mike Chioda for a special edition of Monday Mailbag. And so I'm tired, man. I'm really tired, but I don't want to let Mike drive because I already know, you know, I already know how he drives. 
So anyway, I just couldn't take it no further. So I said, Mike, you know, go ahead and, you know, <laughs> you know take us in. So I got in, let Mike start driving. I guess, man, I went right to sleep because I was tired. So I guess maybe 10 minutes into that ride, all of a sudden I wake up, we're like in a tailspin. Royal Rumble season is here, and we watch back the most memorable rumble of all time, featuring the most iconic robe of all time, alongside the nature boy himself. Um, I mean, there was only one Olivia Walker. She was classic. and um, But I, I just, out of nowhere, I just decided to... Um, to pick that color in black. You know, here's the deal. I, I, I've never had a great physique. And you know that black makes you look leaner. So black on black, black boots. So I went to, I went to black a lot after about 40, age of 41. <laughs> that pretty simple, honest answer. That's just a small taste of what we've got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself. My ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.